This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hey friends, and welcome to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica Anderson. I'm a Christian freelance writer, mom of two littles, and I'm passionate about helping you live out your best and deepest faith in everyday life. On this podcast, you'll hear from inspiring women, moms, and ministry leaders, authors, and more. Those on mission for God with a message to inspire you in your Christian walk, wherever that may be. Each month, I send out interviews, tips, book reviews, and exclusive giveaways to my email list. If you'd like to receive these things, just head to my website, ericaanderson.com, and sign up. My new book about women in faith is coming out this summer, and I want you to be the first to get all the details about it. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica Anderson, and I'm excited today to have my guest, Rachel Marie Kong. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, I um, well, I want to hear a little bit about who you are, but I will kick it off by just saying um, you are the founder, you're a writer, and you're the founder of Indelible Ink Writers, which is a writing community that I want to hear some more about. I know that you're writing a couple of books um, and that you have a beautiful, beautiful Instagram account um, that I that's where I discovered you. Um, and so it's been fun looking through some of that stuff today. Um, but tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you live, and sort of what your um, story is. Gosh, yeah, uh, sure. Let's do this. Um, I I really love to introduce myself as a writer of poems, prose, and other pieces. I kind of stumbled upon that phrase about a year or two ago. And um, I think all my life I had kind of bounced around from, you know, medium to medium, started out journaling and then writing poems and then writing songs and being really passionate about essays in college um, to then studying creative writing. And so kind of all my life, I've just done everything um, and have enjoyed it, but have also felt like do I need to peg myself in a hole? Do I need to just be one thing? And so I'd say the last couple of years, I've had like a lot of fun and freedom just being able to say, you know, I do dabble in all these different things. Um, uh, so yeah, really loving being on Instagram these days. Thank you for calling my account beautiful. It took it me is. a while to land mm. on it. And I was like, you know, we're just going to go dark. We're just yeah. going to go very dark. Everything is dark. And um Uh, So I'm glad you love it. (laughs) I uh, live in North Carolina, although I'm a New York native. And so I enjoy um, holding these two places very close to my heart as I write and learn more about the craft and um, just try to dig my feet into, um, you know, these people and places that make me who I am. Mm -hmm. I am a mother of two rambunctious boys so yeah, I spend my days writing, working, and momming uh, when I'm not juggling it well, 
all at the same time. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> that sounds a lot fun. like my life. <laughs> it's pretty wild, right? It's, it's yeah. really, it's really wild. Um, but it's not impossible. And I, I love to to say that to you and to speak into that, you know, that it's it's not always going to be clean and clear. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that's what a lot of what my first book is about is, you know, um you just when you are trying to cultivate your creativity or trying to practice it or, um, you know, make some form, whatever form of creativity, a part of your life uh, that we often think that life will be perfect or that um, the boundaries will fall in pleasant places. And that's not always true. And so, uh, yes, this first book that's coming out, I won't announce the title just yet. Um, We just landed on it not too long ago, but um, it really is all about how perhaps as we pursue our creativity, as we uh, practice it, as we uh, as we live to unleash it, that maybe that is the very thing that helps us uh, bring light into these dark or hard areas of our life. So mm-hmm. um, more to come on that very, very soon. We are working on the marketing phase of of this book. And I'm so excited to just begin sharing more about it and go from that process of developing it and writing it in this kind of pigeonhole to uh, soon sharing it. So yeah. When does it come out? So this book will release October of, uh, of this year. My goodness, we're in 2022. (laughs) Isn't it such a long process? The book, um, the book process from going from like idea to, getting a publisher to being published, you're like, oh my gosh, this is taking years of my life. It, it is so long. And um, it's, there's so many different phases. And, um, you know, I think, I think there's so much room to be surprised by it too. Like I, I really enjoyed planning and plotting out my book um, more than I did writing it. And then of course I, I am an editor and so I love editing. And so I've really enjoyed editing it more than I loved writing it. So just very surprising journey, I would say. And um, of course, that means that I was writing uh, through a pandemic, um, which is not ideal. Um, and uh, but it did come with its its own benefits, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. having that privilege of being tucked away um, was invaluable, really, you know, and just kind of peering out to see where is everybody and how are we and how can I, how can I speak into this? So yeah, it's kind of, I mean, the pandemic kind of gave us a a view or um, just a different or a perspective of things that we might never have seen before, like angles and sides of the world and people in our lives that wouldn't have ever been uncovered without, you know, the forced quarantines and the lockdowns. And, you know, I've noticed, um, I read this article recently, I can't remember, you know, in the New York times or something where it was talking about a lot of women specifically, um, not returning back to their prior jobs and not just because of like needing to stay home with children, but because a lot of them sort of reevaluated what they wanted for their lives. And some of them decided they did want to stay home and Others were like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I in this job? <laughs> you know, why am I not doing something I love? And so it's so interesting, you know, what kind of art maybe ha- will be brought out of this time, what we wouldn't have had without it, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm excited for it. I, I'm so here to see it. And I, 
Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, on the news stations, they're calling it, and maybe this is everywhere else, but they're calling it the great res- resignation. Mm. And I love that. I mean, I'm in that position too, where I'm just think I'm reevaluating what matters to me. You know, what, what does my, what are my values? What are the values that I'm unwilling to compromise on when it comes to work and family and um, how I spend my time and my energy, like so much of creativity is energy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I so hear where you're coming from and I um, I'm anxious to hear the stories of the people that have left their jobs to pursue something completely and totally different all for the sake of, like you said, it might not even be because of convenience of, you know, or necessity, you know, taking Mm -hmm. care of their kids, but there is some kind of fire burning in their heart that is telling them like this, this is the thing that that you need to do that you really want to do. Are you going to do it? I'm excited for the stories. I really am. I have one of my own. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, there's not a lot of silver linings when it comes to COVID, (laughs) not a lot, but one of them is that. And actually I meant to say, what city in North Carolina do you live in? I am just outside of Charlotte. Okay. I was going to say that reminds me, my sister actually just moved to Raleigh. Um, And in part, the pandemic played a role in that because her and her husband and their kids, they lived here in Indiana for their whole lives. And there was something about the pandemic that sort of made them go, if not now, when, and we've mm-hmm. never done this. And like now our kids are little enough to still, you know, it's still kind of fine to move. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just one example of, of me seeing that in my life. Um, so I loved one of your Instagram posts. I, I think it just said simply art is prayer. And I thought that was so beautiful. And so I would love to ask you, how does your creativity and your writing and your art um, cross with your faith? Like, how are those two things, when you put them together, how do they influence one another and how do they go together in your life? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, um, I will first preface this answering this question by saying that I did not always think that my creativity and my art, um, you know, cross paths with my faith. In fact, I always thought that, um, maybe my creativity or my art was taking me away from what I believe or what I was being taught to believe. And so um, I, you know, and I think that's just, I think a lot of people feel that way. I think there's a lot of people that are just desperate for permission to allow for their creative practices or outlets to be forms of worship. Um and yeah, I mean, there's a lot I could say about that, but I know for myself, um, a couple years back, I had been serving in church in literally every role possible. And I just remember when I felt the urge, the desire um, within me to stop doing these other things and to instead pursue writing. Um, and I felt it was a messy season. I felt wrong for thinking that. I felt um, like I was abandoning the greater, the more important work of, you know, uh, traditional ways, maybe that people are serving or maybe just roles that I felt like I had to step into. Um, and so really I've been on this journey for, for 10 years now of like, how, how can I come to 
the page on the journal or show up on my Instagram account um, or, you know, actually not even Instagram, but like Canva or Adobe Illustrator where right. I'm creating these things and um, or, you know, behind the lens of my camera and how do I allow myself to know and believe that this, this is worship, you know, that this strengthens my faith. It's not always clean cut. Um, but I think that when I, um, when I go back to the core of how these arts, um, impact me, which is they mostly make me listen. They bring me to stillness. They bring me to, uh, quiet to reflection and contemplation. And when I am in that place, I'm able to see and hear God more. Um, and so, yeah, and I, I think that's what everybody wants, you know, is to to know something more. We're all seeking. We're always seeking. And so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, these these creativities just play such a foundational piece in kind of quieting me and, um, you know, that voice inside my head that thinks, you know, you know everything or you're always right. Um, when I'm creating, I come to find that I don't know everything. And, um, and also I'm brought to such awe, like such fear and wonder of like, gosh, God, you are so, you are so big. You are so big. Um, the other day I was at the lake near my house and the waves were just really loud. And I started crying because it was so beautiful and it was so loud to the point where it drowned out my own thoughts. Mm. And the thought that I had was, God, you're so distracting. Your glory is so distracting. And, and how can you not pay attention um, to God when you're, when you're in the midst of creation, you know, mm. and the sea and the, the wind and all those things. So yeah, it, I'm, I'm brought to contemplation, which I think uh, gives way to worship. Yeah. Yeah. That just um, reminds me of something I was reading last night in the Bible, which was um, there's so many times in the Bible, especially I think in the prophet books where it's like, they're saying something, but then they stop and they're like, well, I can't remember exactly what it said. It was in Amos and it was like, you know, the God who turns the dusk to darkness and rushes the waters over the earth and treads on every high mountain. There's nowhere he's not been. And I think about that too. Every time I, every time I look at a sunset or a sunrise, I mean, every yeah. day I am in awe and wonder, um, just by looking at the sunset. And I always tell my kids, do you see that? Like God did that just for you. Like he didn't have to give us that. But he gave that to us as a gift to see every day and remind us twice a day that he's there. Um, and so, yeah, definitely nature and beauty are huge inspiration uh, for me as well. Um, and <clears throat> you talk about, you know, the creative process, which is just like different for everybody. Um, but you do have to get quiet and you do have to have that time, which is so hard at this phase in our lives as moms of little kids with jobs. I mean, I, sometimes it's like, you really like, you have this long to-do list, but when you want to write something of meaning, 
you need some time to do nothing. (laughs) You need some time to think and just let your brain sort of move. So how do you create that space in your life? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're talking about this and I'm just thinking how it's funny. You know, I have a a kid who's, he's about to turn one and um, we're just at that stage where you're like, okay, he's, uh, he wakes up at six. So I'll wake up at four. And then you, (laughs) you like, as soon as you open your eyes in the bed, like the baby cries, it's like, there's some kind of kinetic Mm. connection and they just know like that you moved and, and so they're awake. Yeah. It's like a, that twin connection, you know, like I'm just, I, and it, it makes me laugh really. I'm like, this is so frustrating, but it's really totally comical. Like, how do you know when I wake up every morning? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I always say there are two things that I always say, you know, first is adaptability is such a great superpower. Mm-hmm. And the sooner that anyone can learn how to be adaptable and to uh, quickly, you know, change course or change your rhythm, um, the sooner you will, um, if not, if that doesn't lead to you being able to create, at least it will lead to you having a little bit more peace and acceptance with where you're at um, for, for certainly, like it'll change your headspace. Um, I am a morning riser. I like to rise before anyone wakes up. I like to rise and watch the sun rise, you know, and I like to, um, that's just my time. But when you have a newborn or a child that is, you know, teething or going through growth spurts, that early morning shift is not always guaranteed. And, um, and so I've had to adapt, like I work late into the night now when I'm able Mm -hmm. to, you know, and I know for some people, like there's, there's so many different things at play. Some of us have children and then we also have health issues. I have a thyroid issue. And so I'm learning that balance of, um, you know, when I don't get that time that I want, I can push a little bit and I can stay up late, but there are times where I'm like, you know what? It's also like, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to bed tonight. And, and in seasons like that, the the second thing that I like to say is that contemplation matters, your contemplation counts. And so certainly what you were just saying, there are times where you might have ideas rolling in your head and, you know, when am I going to sit down and write this out? When am I going to sit down and paint this? When can I get to a studio and choreograph these dance moves that I see in my head? And that might not always be possible, you know, because of whatever season you're in motherhood, it could be a demanding job. It could be your, your health. Um, But I always tell people, you know, that that is an important process and that whatever is taking place while you're thinking, while you're brainstorming, um, as ideas are coming to you, as you're maybe just jotting them down, you can't really get to them fully, um, that that matters and that you are creating, your brain is like forging a path where you're literally, um, you're literally, you're literally building like whatever that is. Um, and so, I mean, that's, I have so many fiction book ideas, so (laughs) many, and I have Google folders for each of them. And I, I try to, you know, save things there where, when I can, but logistically I can't work on that right now. I, I don't even, I, sometimes I don't have time to brush my teeth in the morning. Like I'm not (laughs) even kidding. And so, um, but do I think about it? 
Oh yeah. Do, do I, in my heart know and believe that this time that I'm spending thinking on it matters? Absolutely. As I'm doing research and pressing into the different characters and how I want to develop them. Absolutely. So yeah, those are two things that I, I like to say. I was going to say, I've heard it said, you know, if you don't, you know, especially in young motherhood, uh, I've heard it said, you know, you're living out the stories you're going to tell later. You're, you're, you're actually, you know, you're not writing, but you're living and the things that you're doing now are going to be what you write about later. So just really soak up the life that is happening Mm -hmm. around you because um, the more you soak it up, the more it'll come back to you later when you're ready and have the time to write about it. So, Mm -hmm. um, Okay. So, oh, I also liked a post of yours that said it was a post about, uh, the, the main text was let your words be small. And Mm -hmm. sometimes your words are just for the people that you love and they're not always Mm -hmm. for an audience. And I know for me as a freelance writer, I sometimes like everything I write, I'm thinking of it in terms of this huge audience that's going to read it. But there is something lost, I think, when you forget about the small words. And, you know, it's like growing up, you, I'm sure the same, like I always had a diary. I always had a journal, you know, throughout college, I wrote stuff all the time. Nobody read any of it, but I just love to write. And I, I, I still love to write, but I, I sort of have lost the, um, the magic or the joy that comes with just writing for fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so talk about that a little bit and why that matters. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I yeah, I can remember those days where, um, you know, you pull up a, a journal and you're not thinking about the you know, 5,000 plus eyes that are going to see that. Um, and I, I miss those days. I really do. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we are presented with a different time and a different age, which brings us to different choices that we can make. Um, uh, and I, I don't know, like, I, I don't, I think I, for so long, I, I don't journal anymore. I'm not in a journaling season right now. I'll just admit that right now. Um, and I tried so hard to go back to that because I thought like, well, this is how I will preserve the writing that's just for me or the creativity that's just for me. Um, but the truth is I've, I personally have evolved from that. Like I, I don't want to keep a journal any every day anymore. Mm-hmm. I'd rather write other things 
and I would rather create other things. And so what I have found in this season is there are, there are things that I create that I don't ever share. There are pictures that I take that I don't share. And for me, that satisfies that, that, um, almost that like sacred, um, I don't know, that sacred act of creating where, where no one else is looking, um, singing and cooking. Um, yeah, just like pursuing other things that, that don't get Instagrammed, that don't get shared. Um, and I think it's important too, to remember, like, we don't always have to teach. That's another thing that I post about. We don't always have to teach, you know, like we can come across a revelation. We can see a sunset. We can see, whatever it is that we are seeing in our day and it doesn't have to become a lesson. It can just become something treasured. So I think it becomes a practice, like something, a discipline where we learn to not always share those things. But I do think that there's also like opportunity to do other things. It doesn't, you know, we don't always have to pick up a pen. Um, you know, we could do something else. Um, but I guess, you know, for those diehard writers that, I mean, I'm one myself, but for those that really do enjoy, um, maybe journaling or uh, blogging or, you know, Instagramming, um, if it's, I, maybe like, there's just a way to like evaluate, like, is it the fact that I want to use my phone and not a journal anymore? Okay. So if, if I prefer to use my phone, maybe I just keep notes in my phone that I don't share. Um, maybe it's not a matter of, uh, you know, sharing on your Instagram, but it's a matter of just sharing an email with a few select friends mm -hmm. instead, you know, and sharing updates from your life and saying, Hey, this is what's going on. This is what God is teaching me. This is what I'm seeing in the world. This is how I'm growing. And so I, I think it like it, it changed, you know, there's a shift that happens when you make that shift. I don't necessarily think that it's, you know, always about, well, now I need to step away from social media or I need a social media break. I think, I think we can be more creative in how we address, you know, these desires for pulling back or, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to ask you about um, losing your Instagram account <laughs> because number yeah. one, that's how I found you. Uh, so many people were so kind, <laughs> you know, when they were saying, oh, this poor girl, she lost her Instagram account and go follow her. Cause I mean, it sounds petty when you just say it out loud, but it's not, it's not as a it's creator not. who has been building it up for years. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. just an Instagram account. It's something you've grown and cultivated and built this community. It's like lots of hard work and time. And so to think you had lost it forever, not the most devastating thing in the world, but pretty tough to swallow. So yeah. luckily you did get it back um, to, yeah. to the end of the story, but just kind of go through that experience and, and how you dealt with it. Gosh, well, the ironic thing about all of this is that, so I have a team, my Indelible Ink Writers team, and I'm always coaching them, uh, mentoring them, teaching them things. And so I'm always telling them how to guard their work on Instagram and social media. And so literally all the time, I'm like, did you, did you back up your Instagram? Because you can do that. I'm like, did you back up your Instagram? I should do Are that. You, do, you, you should. You really should. Like, people don't realize that's an actual option. Um, but anyway, so I'm like, I'm always coaching others and and whatnot. Um, 
And the, yeah, the other ironic thing is that I was using my Instagram uh, for other people. Like I was, it's not a secret, but like my book, my book will be featuring pieces and poems by other people, like a lot of other people. And that was just the desire that I had is to, to share the beautiful work that other people are doing alongside of my words. Like I would feel honored to do that. And so I'm like searching for poems, trying to find ones that I've saved. And like literally in the middle of that, I got locked out of my account. So it's a long story short, but I will say that the hardest, the two hardest things about that whole saga, as I call it, is that number one, I am actually an introvert. Like I am the kind of person that does not want attention on them. I would prefer to be behind the scenes and just kind of slip into the background. And so when this happened and everyone was like sharing my account, I was like, this is great. But I was like, wow, I'm like literally the center of attention and it's kind (laughs) of awkward and weird. And I love everybody, but can we please just get back to normal life? So that was really like, I'm even, I feel like heat in my body as I even think about it. It's like just total, like, yeah, not insecure, not, not shy but I just I'm like I just prefer when we talk about like the mountains like let's all talk (laughs) yeah um so that was hard uh the second hardest thing though uh you know I when when this was all happening and I shared with my closest friends and my team I was like honestly I'm not worried about the followers I was like I have no I know that if like people shared like I would find either the same people or new people. Like I really, I did not worry about losing those followers and losing a platform. The hardest thing for me was the time. And I was already so tired. Um, I like, you know, gave birth this year or 2021. I gave birth, was writing a book, the pandemic, and then I was also experiencing, like, I'm working through my own health journey right now, um, my thyroid at that, which it targets your your energy and your sleep and all these different things. And so I just, um, I, like, told my team and my friends, I was like, I'm so tired and I didn't look, I didn't anticipate having to build something else right now. So that was the hardest thing. Um, but I did get my account back. It was the most random fluke that, you know, wasn't, I, you know, I can't really give details about it, but there was something behind the scenes that happened. And it was like, how did that ever happen? Um, and just so glad that it was able to be recovered. Um, but I think I learned from that, you know, like I said, I'm the kind of person, like I, I could live off the grid and literally be the happiest person in the world. I really could. I like, I really could. I really, really could. And, um, you know, once again, that just showed me that like what I'm doing, where I'm at, it matters. And it just showed it. And beyond me, even it showed me the beauty in, in other people once again. And I just am in awe of that. Like I, I could not express anymore how it, this was not about me. It wasn't about me building back my followers. I just kind of like sat back and I was like, people are good. How could you say that they're not like, and this is something so small. I know it's easy to just reshare a post, but I was like, this is beautiful. Like the confessions, the words that people were sharing. So, um, 
yeah, definitely marked by that experience. And um, I've always fancied writing a book about like social media and communication. And um, I don't know, we'll see what happens, but yeah. (laughs) What would you say your um, writing process is now, or or what is your sort of, I guess, not, not daily life, but like when you're going to be writing, what do you do? Do you have special coffee mug? (laughs) Do you have a special plate? (laughs) Do you have rituals? What does it look like? Yeah, I will say I'm a big I'm a big um, advocate for rituals over routines. Um, routines are always changing. Seasons are always changing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that routines are great, but I think it's important to have something to fall back on when those routines change. Um, and that's where rituals come into place. And I, I think those are like a little bit different, you know? So I like to light candles. That mm-hmm. is something that I like to do when I start. Um, I am super weird. I can listen to the same song on repeat for days on end. <laughs> and it drives my family crazy. What, like what song? Oh gosh, they're all so different. Um, my, my, the one that I listened to the most while writing my book um, was Time by Hans Zimmer. And mm-hmm. it's from the soundtrack of the movie Inception. And so literally, whenever that would play, my son, who's years old, yeah, he would come over and he'd say, Mommy, it's your song. <laughs> like, so they they know when they hear that music, it's like a trigger. Like, okay, Mommy is writing. Oh, that's so um, funny. Yeah, so those are two those are two major things that I always do. Um, and I, I have a couple different songs, but I, I always have a set song for like, for instance, if I'm um, if I've got ideas coming for the fiction book that I'm kind of uh, contemplating and, and drafting and plotting um, I have a specific song that I play to kind of, it helps me see that movie in my head of, you know, hmm. what's happening in this book. Um, so I, d- I have different songs for different things, for different chapters, even um, as I worked on this book that will be coming out in October. Um, and then the other thing, uh, I usually drink tea, but I'm a, I'm 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 backsliding back into my coffee habits. And that's thanks to my husband who yeah. actually works with coffee. He's a roaster. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, we're I'm coffee so people. So. <laughs> yeah, we are so coffee people. We like buy really nice coffee because we're so obsessed with it. <laughs> hey, it makes a difference. Yeah. It really does make a difference. <laughs> like brewing it right. And yeah, so um, always having something, you know, soothing and comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I will say location. I've, that's one of those things where I've become adaptable. Um, I've learned to be able to work really anywhere. Um, so I have my office where I sit. Oh, that's good. Sometimes I move my computer into the kitchen while my kids are playing and then I can do some things and I stand. Um, standing is really great. It yeah. helps kind yeah. of keep you like energized and yeah, no, you're just true. That's alert really true. and awake. Um, yeah. I write in the car a lot, different oh, things. Oh my so gosh. How do you I do have that? these I could not do that. Pandemic. <laughs> Pandemic. I didn't have a choice. And then I, I was like, wow, I love this. I don't have to wear headphones. I can blast the music as loud as I want. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So it's good. So those are a few rituals that I do keep. Um, okay. That I that- you know, that's kind of an, I have never really asked people that. And it just kind of popped in my head. And I, I think I'm going to make it a new question because <laughs> I think yeah. it's interesting as a writer. I think it's super interesting. Mine is like, well, I, I almost always do my 
like bulk writing at a coffee shop. Like that's mm-hmm. just sort of my routine. And, but the problem is that I've got it in my head that like, I have to be there to get anything yeah. done. And yeah. so then that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the thing is, is I know if I would just, if I just start, you know, it's kind of like that whole, if you just get started, it's fine. Just, but like, I'll, I'll procrastinate at home and I'll just be like, no, I just can't do it. But it's just all a mind. It's a mental game. <laughs> it is. It is. It really is. And that's where the, I think the rituals really help with that. Like yes. once I strike that match and I, I love using matches over lighters. I strike that match and the candles on it's like, okay, it's time now, you know? Yeah. And so those are like little, um, triggers for you to, to, for your brain even to, yeah, to think so like, true. okay, it's time. It's time to write. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, um, candle scent or, or candle that you buy? Um, I like anything that is, uh, like soy and natural. Um, I will say my favorites are the wood burning, the wood wick mm-hmm, candles mm-hmm. that sound like fire yeah, crackles burning. Yeah. So I, any chance I can save up for those cause they're pretty expensive, but I know that's um, the thing is like candles can be very expensive, but I have gotten Honestly, it was not until the pandemic that I was really into candles. Like I just was never a candle person. And then I don't know what it was. I started doing it and now I'm like obsessed with them and I have them going all the time. (laughs) So, and I actually wrote a story about the candle industry last year and how they like had soaring sales during the pandemic. So that was kind of a interesting side note. People got into candles. That is interesting. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So just, um, we're almost out of time, but I, I would love to hear, um, do you have a favorite or a favorite couple of books that you have read for people for writing on creativity on writing? I know I just love reading stuff um, like, you know, Anne Lamont or, or whatever. So do you have any that you love? I do. Um, I, uh, this isn't anybody that anyone will know, but his name is Peter Elbow and he wrote the book called Writing Without Teachers. Hmm. Um, I had to read that book in my critical writing theory class in college. I studied creative writing um, and it was in that class when I learned the difference between the writing and the editing process. Hmm. So that book explores that concept um, and really it just, uh, I don't, it's not even the most, it's, it, you might think it's a boring book. Like it's, it, you just look at it and it's, it's bland. It looks bland, but that was so transformative and, and foundational um, in my writing journey and realizing that the writing process is a separate process from the editing process. Mm-hmm. Um, the concept of free writing, allowing yourself to write without editing, write without stopping, um, and how that is so much better for you um, in terms of brainstorming and getting things out, but then how it allows the editing process to really be as strong as it could and should be. And so um, I highly recommend that because I know something that writers say all the time is, oh, well, I like to edit as I write, or I like to fix things as I write. Um, and I, I am that person that when, if I'm typing something on the computer and someone's like looking over my shoulder, they're seeing the little squiggles, they're like, oh, you spelled that wrong, that word wrong. And I'm like, it, not going to fix it, you know, yeah, like yeah. not going to fix it. Um, 
so yeah, I, I really value those, those two separate processes. Um, so that's uh, Writing Without Teachers by Peter Elbow. And then I would say uh, Walking on Water by Madeline Langle uh-huh. um, is definitely, uh, yeah, a, a book that grapples art and faith. Mm-hmm. And so for anyone that struggles and questions and says like, what it, am is what I'm doing okay? Is it right? Is it good? Um, that is a great book to read. And then um, aside from like writing, well, of course, my book will be coming out as well in October 22. So, <laughs> you know, yes. people look out for that because it will be heavily on um, all different forms of creativity and how we can enter into it and how we actually already are. Um, so that will be coming out later this year. But I also like to just, I always um, encourage people to just read in general, you know? And so for instance, one of the people, you know, I hear a lot about my poetry. Um, and, but there was one particular person on Instagram who was like, I'd be interested in reading some of your prose. And when that person commented, I I don't even remember, remember what their name was, but I was like, Oh, like that hit me right in my heart because I actually love prose more than I do poetry, but because of Instagram and, you know, character limits, it's, it makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. And so I don't do it that much. Um, but one of the people that really has informed and um, not inspired, but I guess shaped um, the way that I pay attention to my prose and craft them is Joan Didion. And she Aww. just passed away, you know, and one of my favorite writers, her prose are gorgeous. And how yeah. can you read one of her books and not notice her prose and not think to yourself, my goodness, how do I learn how to do that? Right. Yeah. And so I think just reading good books too yeah. will like you just you will pick it up. You will become a, a you will study the words of that person that you're writing. And that's how we learn, you know, mm-hmm. you, these authors end up mentoring us yeah. without them even knowing. And so, yeah, just read, 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 read. How do you, or how much fiction versus nonfiction do you read? Gosh. Yeah. That's, that is, um, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm not reading anything right now. <laughs> I'm not. And, and I admitted that on um, the last podcast interview that I had <laughs> right, right before December, when I went into crunch mode with my book, um, yeah, I I definitely read more nonfiction than fiction. Um, and that's because I am in a place where I'm working on nonfiction books. And so mm-hmm. I, I feel like I have to, I read, I read them to study them. Um, that is that's my life. Sense. I'm just like yeah. constantly reading just for learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To like, you know, format and how they're organized and whatnot. And so that's kind of the season I'm in my heart wants to read more fiction and I think I'll be there soon. Um, but yeah, when I'm focused and committed, I kind of go all in. And so, yeah, not so much fiction. I've, I've been listening to an audiobook. Um, I don't know how to say the author's name, but it's the Firekeeper's daughter. Okay. And so it's written by a native American author. And that's been a goal of mine is to um, kind of branch out and, and try books by names that you don't really hear very often. So yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's a tender question for me because I want to be all in the fiction right now. I haven't read a fiction book in like a year, and I it's been weighing on me because I do enjoy a good fiction book. Mm -hmm. Yet I all my whole stack is just nonfiction, partly Mm -hmm. because just sort of in this writing world, and I actually just know people that are writing books, and I. You know, there's so many subjects that I'm like, oh, yeah. that's so interesting. I want to learn about that. But I also know that reading fiction is a great creative exercise. Yeah. Um, it's a different kind of writing. And so it gets your brain moving in different ways that you wouldn't reading nonfiction. And so I'm really feeling that urge. I'm like, I've got to track down Absolutely. a good fiction book right now. Yeah. Well, and going back to what we were saying before, you know, when it comes to like, when you're writing and you end up just writing for other people, I think that's, I could say that's the case with my reading life. Like I'm, I have, a, I'm looking at a stack of book, right. Books right now that I have to read because I'm an evaluator for them. So like reading is my job now. It's not like, I don't really, I have a choice, but I don't have much choice. Um, and yeah, again, you have author friends that send you books. And so you, it becomes this necessity and fiction really can and be that escape, that um, thing that we can do to to enjoy ourselves, you know, yeah. and to to really slip away. Um, and I I actually wrote about that in my book. I have a whole chapter that is on uh, fiction and story, oh, uh, so fun. yeah, and the importance of it. And so I I actually write. See, about look, that. now I have another book that I'm going to be. <laughs> Yeah, just adding to the stack. (laughs) No, but I'll be excited. That sounds awesome. I just, you know, I don't think there are a ton of books out there that are so um, focused on the creativity side and especially, you know, the intersection of faith. Um, That is huge. That is definitely like a sweet spot for me. So um, I'm excited about your book and your writing. I love all of the stuff that you're putting out there. And I just thank you for your time for this interview. And I'm glad you got your Instagram account back. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. But, but yeah, thank you so much, Rachel. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. And it's, it's such a pleasure to meet you and get to know you. This episode was brought to you in part by the table podcast at Dallas Theological Seminary. Listen to rotating hosts discuss issues of God and culture to demonstrate theology's relevance in everyday life. Find it on your podcast app. For videos and more, visit dts.edu podcast.